0: So I want to become a dog trainer. Oh, yeah? But when I look, I just don't know who to join. Yeah. It's a sea of acronyms and it appears to be unregulated. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know my money is well spent with me joining a team of dynamic, ethical professionals who have the same goals as me. I also want to be taught using the most up-to-date, science-led data. So where do I go? You
1: heard a pack. It's a place to go to become the most knowledgeable, skilled,
2: ethical, science-based dog training instructor you can be. It's also one of the few organisations good enough to be a member of the Animal Behaviour and Training Council.
1: The Professional Association of Canine Trainers, PACT for short, is here to help you become the best accredited dog trainer you can be. I'm
3: gonna help you reach your goals. Just the place you need to go we do too PACT we are indeed the place for you eh, eh, PACT it's time to take that leap of faith PACT you no further while you wait eh, PACT we are a super friendly team PACT come and join and start
4: your dream
0: come find us at pat-dogs.com.
3: From deb- the bookshop and we're gonna about our dogs and parts from the bookshop and we're gonna look together. Parts from the bookshop and we're gonna love our dogs and from the bookshop, they we're gonna Hey Marks from and we're gonna dogs and parts from the bookshop, up... and we're gone the look from the bookshop, we're gonna let about our dogs and parts from the bookshop.
0: Hello.
1: Hello again.
0: Natalie. <laughs> oh, can we have can we have a very brief just a very brief pause for uh because we haven't had it for so long, your uh my sister behaviorista theme. So Oh my god, hit...
1: I've forgotten about that. Okay, right.
0: So here Ready? we go. Uh here Natalie and... Light, sister behaviorista. Here we go. Go. One, two, three Aha,
1: sister behaviorista.
0: Right, okay. okay. Um, well, welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Sister Behaviorista. Is it good to be back?
1: It's lovely to be back. Was it a week ago? It was before last yeah. we in, in Oh,
0: Give or take. Give or take. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I reckon it'll be about a week. Um, and oh, we've got a lovely, lovely podcast in store for you guys today. Um yeah. we're talking to the amazing uh Daniel Beck.
1: Daniel Beck third um, time lucky
0: yeah third time on the podcast uh she is can't
1: get rid of her squat oh, as right isn't it
0: squat as right she just won't <laughs> she just won't go she's playing the system and she just won't but we, we're we happy to have her in fairness she can squat anytime she likes
1: oh anytime she likes <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. that's a dodgy <laughs> audio clip right
0: there keto <laughs> it's been a long day it's been a long
4: Sorry,
0: day, day. <laughs> So, anything interesting been happening in your world this week? In fact, I know you've been all over the shop, haven't you? You've been all over the place. What's been going on? I've been
1: all over the shop. I've been talking to so many people. I've met so many. I've probably met about 200 dogs over the last few days. Wow. Uh, I've been at the New Forest show on the Forestry England stand, um, promoting responsible dog ownership and giving people hints and tips about training. Well done. They also had... Okay, you are like this. So... They had a little activity area and you had to put a stamp on when you'd completed particular activities, but not everyone is there with a dog. So they can't get a stamp for their, you know, call their dog through the distraction alley. So they had a a version for people with no dogs, which involved flinging bagged dog poo, well, fake dog poo, (laughs) um, into a bucket. Nice. Guess what I called it? I'm so proud of this.
0: I don't know. Go on. go on. Sorry, rude just sprung into my head, but go on. go
1: on. Poopla.
0: Oh, amazing. Poopla. You're proud of me? Yeah. Did they buy that off you?
1: <laughs> no. Next year I'll go and it'll all be there all over the time. You need to, no trademark. to, you need to
0: trademark that right, <laughs> right away. I don't,
1: I don't want to trademark shit.
0: <laughs> so the New Forest shows, it was busy, yeah?
1: Yeah, it's a bit. It's not really my bag, Steve. I'll be honest.
0: Is it one of those sort of like occasions where you're sort of in, inside the tent peeing out?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm. I I love what Forestry England are doing, and obviously mm. there's some fantastic people there. And yeah. um, Jeanette and Gav were there doing demos for yeah. Family Dog as well. Um, it, yeah. I didn't. I tried to find them, but the place is bloody huge. I got yeah. completely lost. Um. Uh. And I I decided to head back to my stand when I was watching a huge bull being uh jet washed ouch ready for his um trot around some arena somewhere yeah
0: so, things get okay. icky
1: all, yeah all respect to them no you know not gonna be uh activizing against no. anyone <laughs> that's not a word Activize. um <laughs> but and Where's she's activizing Activising, okay, yeah, activizing yeah um just just not my thing
0: no no uh,
1: but it was it was a pleasure to be asked and i really enjoyed meeting all of the um all of the staff and the dog owners that i uh, met there which was brilliant and then today i've been up, up north um in fleet it's really not up north
0: <laughs> i think danny would be danny would be uh, i know astounded to got- hear you describe fleet as up north
1: well, I got a bit dizzy with the altitude um, <laughs> and um, and met some lovely dogs there. And uh, best thing of all, if you've seen my social today, I met some schnauzers whilst wearing my schnauzer trousers. Ah,
0: oh, schnauzers with schnauzer trousers. A of... I
1: know. I was wearing the schnauzer trousers said... and they were the schnauzers. Who met you
0: wearing your schnauzer trousers.
1: they met me wearing my schnauzer trousers. <laughs>
0: What a busy... You've had a busy week.
1: I know. What have you been up to? Uh, I haven't seen
0: you. What have I been up to? Um, well, I talk a little bit, actually, because, again, we're recording the intro after the interview this week.
1: Stop breaking the rules, Sorry. Steve. Sorry.
0: <gasps> no, they're, they're not stupid. Don't tell I'll them the
1: secrets.
0: Um, but I do talk a little bit about... I've got doing doing a bit of back-to-basics sort of training stuff with Peach, which I've been really, really enjoying. Just little things here <laughs> and there. But I'll talk about that in the interview, so I won't go too yeah, far I've into seen, that. Yeah, I've seen that on... On the Facebooks. Oh, yeah, I've some videos. I've got a very funny video for tomorrow, by the way. Um, uh, I can say it. Is it, it better here.
1: than the
4: burp one? Is it better it's than the
0: just, burp? Yeah, it's better than the burp one. I recorded it. I can say it here because I'm going to put the video out before, um, before this goes yeah. out. But um, I just finished recording a video uh, that I was just putting, like, little tips, recall tips video, just a little two-minute video. And yeah. at the end of the video that you've actually put out, at the end of it, what you'll see is me get Peach's attention and just scatter a few cheats off to the right, just to keep her busy while I then go and talk to camera. Because the take before that one, I'd (laughs) leant down in front of the camera and she just jumped on my back and started humping me. I mean, going going at it.
1: Oh, oh, come on, leave it at that.
0: Well, I I've, I've snapped. I've, I've put. The, I'm going to be posting that video up as a sort of. Um, we, we've got a. We've got something on our. <laughs> oh, patch the, the, yeah, for
1: the for our beef up Fridays. Yes. Friday. Um, yeah. So
0: I'm going to be doing that, and uh, it was rigorous. Let me tell you. And what I. And you might be pleased to know that I'm pregnant. Oh,
4: you know, have <laughs> little
0: Stevie,
1: Stevie Newfoundland babies. Oh, are so lovely. But what else
0: have I doing? They been have been a little doing? moustache. they'll be they'll be hairy that's for sure they'll be they'll can't imagine what the sort of hair on their back's gonna be like not on their head no no not on their head they'll just be hair. just bold bold Bold, Newfoundlands.
1: Newfoundlands.
0: (laughs) it's a new breed
1: (laughs) i can't wait to see you at crafts. amazing
0: (laughs) oh dear what else have i been up to other than cultivating a new breed of dogs um oh i'll tell you what i have done I am very 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 proud of this I've managed to uh turn Corin off of Tom Hardy
1: Oh why what did you read or see or say
0: Well what I've done is I have adopted a very bad Tom Hardy accent a specific one in one of his uh artistic outings I think it's Peaky Blinders
1: um Oh uh... the Oh no hang on so I always I... I always divert straight to um his Batman <laughs>
0: Oh, cool. yeah, What's Bane. That? Bane.
1: Oh, Bane. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't say words. I just make the noise.
0: So, yeah, okay, so go on, then. I've been basically doing that. I've been, do- like, talking like I'm Tom Hardy in the third person, describing things I'm doing in a very okay. bad, to, to the point where I've just done Come on, currently. come on.
1: Yeah, stop talking about it. Let's let's hear it.
0: Hang on, I've got to get myself in. I'm, t- I'm Tom Hardy, and I'm doing the washing up. <laughs> and this, this is me, Tom I, I I like to go, I think I might need, Tom Hardy needs a toilet now. He's just going to go up to the toilet and, uh, what, yeah, don't you call me arrogant. I'm Tom Hardy's just going out for a walk with his dog now, you know? Yeah, so I've been doing, pretty much doing that all day today. Um, wow.
1: I mean, it's it's <laughs> a very good impression to be fair, <laughs> but it's really annoying.
0: Do <laughs> Hang on. Uh well, I can do a good bane, bane. as well. Who's bane. bane? I can't remember what the speech is. Um You I simply adopted that. the deck. I was born <laughs> in the deck. I can do a good bane as well, yeah. You know, like that. So I've got all my Tom Hardy's covered. Um...
1: <laughs> oh, Dark. Sorry, I was like, Doc.
0: Dark, yeah. You yeah. say I think what? the speech. No, some of the dark. speeches I used to know off by yeah. heart. But yeah, you've adopted, you've adopted the dark, dark whereas I was, I was born, born in the dark. dark yeah, yeah you're right. Like yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah.
3: Why would you shoot a man before throwing him out of a plane? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Balloon.
0: Anyway, this is going way okay. off the rails, isn't it? It's so okay,
1: we fill we filled time with Tom Hardy impressions.
0: <laughs> so Danny doesn't um, need any introductions because she, no. she this is her third time on the podcast, and she is. Uh, One of our speakers at the Connecting Communities Conference, which is this little series, is all about shamelessly plugging Mm -hmm. our conference. uh, And
1: a full member of PACT.
0: And a full member
1: of PACT
0: as well. um,
1: And, yeah, she runs – if you want to find out more about her, then just Google Danielle Beck Clinical Animal Behaviourist or Control the Meerkat, which is her um, wonderful uh, trauma-informed behaviourist – kind of service that she offers uh and runs lots of courses and does a mentoring scheme as well so it's not just um for clients it's for people in the business as well that want some more support which she's going to talk all about in the next segment she also has oh Oh,
0: sorry i was just (laughs) gonna say she also got an amazing conference of her own as well. Oh she um, has, yeah. yes. Which is worth looking into as well because uh it is blooming marvellous. Um so yeah now now you can do your <laughs> so uh, yeah we are still let's do it let's hear from Danny um and uh um, well maybe
1: we should hear from Danny from Tom
4: Hardy.
0: Uh, oh, Tom oh, Hardy and he wants to listen to Danny Oh, <laughs> Ooh. Dear anyone, would, yeah, I don't know what that bit was on the end there. Anyone would think I've been drinking. I haven't. I haven't drunk a, anything no, at all. No, you
1: haven't. I have. I've been drinking while we were doing this, so uh it's just, I'm, it's, I'm even more giggly than I normally would be. It's
0: late in the day. What can we say?
1: Well, <laughs> it's what it's hopefully it's what the listeners want, Steve.
0: <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Complete insanity.
0: Yes, I can imagine it's exactly what they want. Okay, let's do this. Okay. Here we go. I, to beaches for a walk. And everything was fine It wasn't very
3: busy And the weather was sublime We'd done a few great recalls And practiced loose leader But mostly we did sniffing Because sniffs are basic media And that is when it happened I couldn't quite believe it A million miles away from any washroom or convenience My pictures did a boop And being conscientious man I stooped down to collect That's when it happened I put my fingers, through the poop bag. I put my fingers, put my fingers through the poop bag. I put my fingers, put my fingers through the poop bag. I put my fingers, put my fingers through the poop bag. What the hell am I gonna do? with through the poop bag. I put my fingers, put my fingers through that poop bag. I put my fingers, put my fingers through that poop bag. I put my fingers, put my fingers through that poop.
0: What the hell am I going to do? It's through the poop bag. Hello. Hi. Oh, How was your
2: day? Really good. I'm, good. I'm really blooming
0: marvellous. I was I was good. saying before, actually, I'm going to break the fourth wall straight down here because I was saying before, it's always nice. Not that anyone's going to see this because it's an audio format. But it's always nice <laughs> talking to Danny because of her shiny, <laughs> shiny, special headphones that she mm-hmm. has. Um, I like
2: how showing them off on camera knowing full well people can't see it. Well, I think...
1: So Steve's got this lovely new setup where uh, there's a, a kind of image for the audio. And I think oh. you in your sparkly headphones should be Needs that be the silhouette. I'm gonna, yeah, you need to turn to the side no, so I'm going to
0: need you to take like a, a selfie and yeah. then send it to Take a screenshot. Me. No take okay, a screenshot. I'll do a screenshot.
1: Hang on. Here we go. One, two, three. Got it
0: oh there we go yes we can
1: crop it out and stuff <laughs> there we go
0: <laughs> amazing so wonderful to have you here um i think it's fair to say friend of the podcast right
2: third time okay. i'm so i'm so honored I know. But i'm like third time back Smashing Smashing okay
0: i think yeah that, may, that might make you the 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 most returning guest i think so i think i think, so, I think, so I think you take that accolade unless we include Corin, but corinne's not a guest is she
2: I'm going to no, keep it. Corin's <laughs> Corinne's part of the team. And if someone else gets to it like you're going to have to invite me back. It's a competition now. Okay, well, fair yeah. enough. You want to I hold, keep the title.
0: Hold that crown for as long as you yeah. possibly can. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks very much for coming along. As we said before, always a pleasure to talk to you um and thank you very much for agreeing to um talk at our conference. <gasps> How could I turn it down?
2: Like, yeah, I was you, so honoured. <laughs> <No, laughs> we
0: definitely.
1: wouldn't have let you.
2: <laughs> it was uh, oh my gosh, and the topic as well is just uh, something really passionate and close to my heart. So I was like connecting people and dog training and behaviour. Like that's what I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's what I want to do. It's amazing.
1: I we thought you might be a little bit upset if you know you saw the conference program and it weren't you.
2: I mean, <laughs> I, I mean <laughs> like. like I'd be all yeah. like praising of the other person going, oh, some other people are doing it, but they'd be a little bit kind of, oh. oh. Well, <laughs> mom,
0: furiously not, knitting not, voodoo not, dolls. Not to like
1: <laughs> 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 we, we all know the importance of supporting each other and working together, but we're also allowed a little,
2: <laughs> oh. No, yeah, no, exactly. I'm like asleep. I'm very much a you light and your light isn't going to put out mine. Yeah. Um, but you know. <laughs> If you've got a bigger candle in a bit of location like I I'm still gonna shine over here, but I might be looking longingly going, oh, one day. <laughs> 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 one day I'll shine that brightly.
0: <laughs> I've got I've got a question for you, straight off the bat, because as you know, uh we're trying to do something kind of a little bit different at our conference in terms of these sort of mm-hmm. like short TEDx style um presentations. How easy yeah. is that gonna be for you, Danny?
2: Super easy for me, I think. Yeah. Um I, I'm really good at. It's a very good skill set I have in my brain. Okay. <laughs> um. Because I, I, I think on a different level to a lot of people because of the the multiple personalities thing. So we can concise a lot of things really, really quickly mm-hmm. if we're focused. If we're not, then it it can be a bit like a battle trying to make sure we get the right thing out at the right time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So it'll be interesting to um because I can plan it as much as I want but what I say on the day is just (laughs) we'll find out what happens I I was yeah
1: I was going to ask that because I I'm always surprised when I go to TEDx events I've been to a few now um most of the speakers that I've seen uh (laughs) not um Grant funnily enough Mm. (laughs) um have obsessively practiced their talk and it's 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 almost uh kind of a monologue yeah. rather than a, a, mm. a talk I hope I'm not being unfair to any of them here you know I, d- I don't know I d- I just think it must be so nerve-wracking and they've got a certain amount of time mm. yeah. and they've practiced it and that is so far from <laughs> my usual presentation style oh gosh, yeah. which is like well I vaguely know what I want to say and I'll some things will pop up in my head and I'll say that instead um so it's I think it's gonna be really good and uh, we're gonna to have to be really good compares, aren't we, Steve, to keep people to time and
2: yeah. Fine. Yeah, you'll need to have like a little thing at the back, like five minutes left. Yeah. Ten
4: yeah. minutes left. I think so we're
1: gonna get we're this remote. sounds really scary, but I think we're gonna get a big like iPad sized countdown. That's what TEDx do. Oh,
4: okay. So yeah.
1: You've got your time staring at you the whole
2: time. Yeah, but- something that I can glance up at. Yeah. And and be aware of it because I used to try and memorize my presentations and my talks and or and that didn't work very well because other things would always come on and then I started to write them all down and kind of have notes but I would I would jump ahead on my notes because I'd remember what it was I was going to say and then I start <laughs> jumping ahead and then I'd try and backtrack because I'd look at my paper and I forget like a sentence yeah, yeah. and then it just didn't flow very well and now I just kind of I think when you know the subject that you're talking about really well,
4: yeah, you kind uh, of
2: know what you want to say. And you just need the prompts to go, oh, I'm talking about this now. And mm-hmm. I'm talking about that now. And you mm-hmm. kind of have like almost a script in your head that you tend to to discuss anyway. So I kind of just do that now. It's like, give me a topic. And if I if there's specific things I need to talk about, I will have them on a slide as a prompt for me. Mm-hmm. I would say, you need to mention this particular thing. <laughs> or if there's like a quote or something, I'll have it actually written down. The rest of it is, I just wing it similar to yourself mm-hmm. now. Oh, the dogs have just come in to say hi. Oh, right.
0: of course. <laughs> I think I think the countdown thing's a good idea because I was toying with the idea of just using a fire extinguisher if people go over. Sort of like <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. yeah,
2: okay. Let's have that too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll the countdown and then we'll just have Steve on the side with the fire extinguisher. There's nothing <laughs> there's nothing
0: more motivating than a little bit of peril.
2: <laughs> oh that yeah. reminds me of like working at the zoos and stuff when you've got you've got the fire on standby really, and something goes wrong these. with an introduction
0: maybe i can get uh the company to make me a giant pet corrector you know like a like a big <laughs> human-sized one <laughs> is this appropriate i'm and, not sure i'm not sure if this is honest,
1: <laughs> there is a trap door on the stage so we could <sighs> rig that so you've got you know you're 15 minutes and if you go over you're going down that's it
2: <laughs> that would be amazing <laughs> So
0: I, that, that... I mean your, the subject that you're talking about is one that's obviously close to all of our hearts. And yeah. that is mm. I mean it's all it's all about this idea of connecting, connecting communities. Um and you're specifically going to be talking about oh. how we can link in with the behaviour community. Um yeah. so uh let's have a little chat about the benefits of this connection that we're all after. Um, What if someone's listening to us today um, and they're a dog trainer? I think you can feel quite isolated, can't you, sometimes as a trainer or behaviorist or or, or vet vet, or, you know, whatever, wherever you are. It's easy to feel isolated. And online isn't always the most welcoming place. Yeah, Yeah. it
2: can be incredibly toxic at times. And I think that often puts people off wanting to contact other people. And I think there's, there's always been this kind of divide between dog trainers and behaviorists. Mm. Like, dog trainers kind of going, Well, I can do everything behaviorists can do. And dog trainers going, I know more than you. And it's just, it's not like that at all. Mm. Uh-huh. And so many behaviorists, especially in like the last 10 years or so, most of us are dog trainers. Uh, we've just, through experience and we've gone on like extra learning and things, we've just got actually, I wanna progress and we move on. And, and I find myself, in a situation where it's a uh, my skill set is now so specialized in the diagnosing of a behavior problem of ruling in and out those possible causes that I don't have a lot of time to do the rehab work that I love mm. and then my health kind of complicates that a little bit as well whereas the trainers that I know are fantastic and their skills are so on point because they're teaching classes every night you know they're watching body language everything is so sharp and so spot on I don't do as much of that anymore because they're really good at doing that so I was like well I'm really good at this not as many people can do this and this is more my passion Mm -hmm. so I do this and now when I kind of diagnose it I then go okay you guys have far better training skills than I do because they're my I mean I can train I'm a decent trainer but I'm not as sharp as I was 10 years ago (laughs) so I I pass
1: the and you, you know you can't spend your days going from one house to another or standing in a field all day so you've got to re- kind of accept
2: yeah I have to accept limitation, my limitations haven't you
1: I'm, I'm talking for both of us here because yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've but- I, I, gone are the days where I could do you know 10 clients in a row it's uh, I'm shocked
2: absolutely and like the mental energy of, of that it's kind of it's weighing up your time and what's going to be more beneficial to the individual dogs. And that's the benefit for me is it's not beneficial for an individual dog. If I, if I'm spending like two days doing rehab sessions in a field, when I've got dogs on a waiting list that are biting children Mm -hmm. and my Mm -hmm. rehab team can't see those cases Mm -hmm. because they're like, I don't know what, what I don't know. And so for me, it's, it's just more ethical to go, okay, I need help. Mm -hmm. So trainers in the area come and team up with me, help me with this stuff. I'll do the, the discussing the diagnosing come sit on the cases, learn, grow with me, become clinicals yourself, and then make the choice about where you fit in. It's not an us, them thing. It's a, we are, we're a team. And we're kind of, it's more like, a. I hate pyramid designs. We're all kind of more in a row.
4: Mm-hmm. and It's just mm-hmm. a,
2: everyone's skills kind of blend together. And from doing like the mentoring and coaching stuff, I found that there's a lot of people that in their heads want to be clinical behaviorists because it's almost like a, a dog training social pressure to be the best you have to be that yeah and I'm like but are you interested in this yeah and they're like well no I don't really want to do like aggression I like doing rehab work it's a whole different
1: job isn't it it's like when we look at our kind of NHS model I mean yeah it may not be perfect but it it works with in a more linear way so you've Mm -hmm. got your GP then you've got your specialists it doesn't mean that everyone that goes to study medicine wants to be an expert in you know the back of people's corneas you know yeah. that's a very specialist thing <laughs> mm-hmm. there is still merit for people um that see that have that skill to see people on a daily basis help them with the odd thing yeah. um maybe refer them on and yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean you know we share this ethos with it's not us and them so it's, it's Absolutely. great
2: and I think it benefits the trainers because it gives them almost a security net. Because then it's a, I'm going to go and see this dog. And we've all been in a situation where we've gone on a one-to-one because it's a recall problem or a lead walking problem. And then you show up and you're like, whoa, yeah, like Mm -hmm. this is beyond my scope. And it's knowing that you've got the knowledge to kind of offer like the first aid sort of advice and go, I think I need help with this. And knowing that you've got someone that you can refer to that is going to help you with the case and not kind of go, you shouldn't be seeing this case. And I'm going to take this client and I'm going to take them all. And then you you kind of lose it. So, okay. Yeah. I'll support you through this case. And then once we diagnose it, you have the case back. You've got the relationship with the client. You help Mm -hmm. us out with the rehab type stuff. Yeah. And away you go. And it it helps people learn because then they can go, this is a bit beyond my scope. Join the consultation. And some of them have been like, Oh, actually, I think I could have handled that. And I'm like, awesome. Now you know for next time you can you can deal with this one. And I've had Mm -hmm. others that have sat in and kind of gone, I would not have thought to ask those questions. So I would never have got. To the bottom of it because they weren't aware that that was a because sometimes, like in consults, you'll pick up things that people say, yeah. Sometimes you'll pick up on something and go, I need to ask them a question around that. And if you haven't asked that question or picked up on that small thing, you're not going to get to the bottom of the problem. This is and that's what, where you you don't know what you don't know,
0: <laughs> yeah. This is what we were talking to Suzanne about, actually, wasn't it? So it's interesting was how it? we're kind of links oh, we got over this,
2: already, yeah. This sort
0: Yay! of how questions lead to you know different things and. And i okay, a couple of points on what you just said there i think I think Go you're right i think I think um trainer I'm speaking from personal experience here I think trainers want validation, so they might not necessarily want like the to do the the behavior side of stuff, and of course, there's always this crossover and whatever you're doing yeah. anyway but but yeah but 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 i I certainly would like you know I would love to. You know, I mean, I'm a geek about this sort of stuff anyway, so I'd like to learn yeah. it anyway, so that would be yeah. great. and uh, you know so I think validation is, plays a big part in it. Um, yeah. I am also an expert in the back of my own corneas, uh, so that's good. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I think I think how, the other thing I want to talk about is how because I love this idea of of there being a uh, a kind of hub where there are behaviorists and trainers and vets and everyone's firing back between each other. How yeah. does that look for you then, Danny? Because I guess the thing that I'm, I'm kind of conscious of is, yeah. and maybe what some people might be thinking of is if someone comes to me as a trainer and they, mm-hmm. and they fill out a, a new client form and you know, you make sure that there's all all of the questions that you want are on this new client form and they come to yeah. you and then, and then I'm sat there and I'm thinking, okay, right. This is, this is, there's something else going on here. I had a case this week, actually, okay. um, uh, which I referred to Nat. I don't know if they ever got in touch with you, but um, but hopefully they did. And um, yeah. but from a sort of Guardian's point of view, <laughs> they
1: probably rang me and I haven't picked up.
0: Maybe. I think I think they I think we went through the joy the joy side of things, so that they, they might be waiting yeah, yeah. for you when you get on there. But um, from a That's Guardian's right. point of view. Mm-hmm. I, where like how should that route kind of look like? Because you've got to think, right, they, those guys have then paid me for my time to come there and say, mm-hmm. mm, actually, you know, uh I, I mean, don't get me wrong, we talked about other things as well. There are certain training elements yeah. around it. Um, but for me to say, yeah, I, I need you to talk to someone a bit more qualified with in this kind of area. Yeah. So then they go over there and then they pay a bit more money over there, and then maybe they come back and they pay a bit more money. It's all kind of like um i i don't know what the right kind of way of doing it is if you're yeah. not actually almost in a whole organization does that make sense
2: yeah absolutely because we we see it from both perspectives because i have like my trainer referral scheme so sometimes we'll have mm. people outside of control the maker kind of going can you help me with this and i'm like yeah sure mm. come along and then we we team up and then i have like my rehab team that things go up and down so sometimes they'll go out to like one of their own one-to-ones and do similar to yourself and go oh something else here and fair on and what Mm. i tend to find from the clients that have referred on is first of all so many of them feel validated good yeah like they've been to see a trainer and the trainer's gone actually this is a problem you know that you haven't been making this up you're not exaggerating this is something that's actually going on and this is going to take a lot more than just training so you could and so many of them at this point they've seen various trainers and they've done loads like we're trying so much and you're like yeah, training is not gonna fix this problem because it's not a training issue, it's an emotional one. Mm. And I think sometimes for them to hear that and have like the seriousness of a, I think we need to refer to clinical, is sometimes it's a phrase that a lot of them kind of go, okay, this is actually serious. And it does make them sit back and think more. And then they're more likely to listen once they are referred because they just get that huge validation. I think that's the bit that a lot of us tend to forget with our clients is that they're human and they're insecure. And so many of them are quite relatively new dog owners. And if they're not, and they're one of the ones that have had dogs all their lives, they'll have found this one dog that isn't the same as the others that they've had. And that can be really nerve wracking for them because they're like, have I messed up with this one? Is there something wrong? Should I have done something? And just Mm -hmm. knowing that actually this is a serious problem. So many of them actually find validating. And I think it helps that once you're clinical, so many insurance companies will pay for it as well, which helps from the financial side of things. Um, And then we'll kind of, what I do is once the clients are referred to me, um, if they have rehab sessions, I'll either have one of my rehab trainers do it, or I will pay the referring trainer to do the rehab trainers for me. Mm. So even though the client kind of pays, so we kind of balance the money out. Because for me, okay. it's not about us taking that client away. It's So you've got a relationship with them. You've met the animal already, generally, by this point. So I want to use that relationship they've already had and kind of bounce off it. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to then kind of go by trainer and leave them on their own. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a let's support you and work through. Um, sometimes we have where my rehab trainers work alongside them depending on their own skill sets. Um, because some of them aren't very confident in doing it, which is why they're referred on, in which case it's a come along and watch the rehab sessions. Come and learn from our rehab trainers and help that up build still confidence. And we get many of them that go, actually, I do kind of know what I'm doing on this bit. It's just this bit I don't know. Yeah. And that's what I find really beneficial. And one of our rehab trainers, she could be a clinical if she wanted to, but she just doesn't like the diagnosing part. She doesn't like the sit and having conversations. conversation. She wants to be out in the field doing the work. And she also wants to be told what's wrong with the dog. <laughs> she doesn't want to have to do the figuring it out. She just wants me to kind of go, this dog's frustrated. This one's anxious. This one's a bit fearful. This one's just an adolescent idiot. Um, and then she can go, right, yep. And then she can adapt and work through the plans for me. Yeah. And I think you just, it's nice for people to know their niche. And then you have other trainers that their specialties, things like scent work, or they want to do tracking, or they're agility trainers, and that's their niche. And then they meet a dog and go, okay, you need to refer on. And they have no interest in the rehab part because that's not what they want to do. And it's, it's kind of helping guide everyone, go, you know, whatever niche you want is yours. And you don't have to feel invalidated. Because I remember when I first started, it was almost like you were only a dog trainer if you specialize in every dog sport possible and you were a behaviorist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So everyone was kind of doing it's like, well, I teach rally, I do agility, I do scent work, I do IPO. I, and but like you, also, so are, you also had to
1: be achieving in competition with your own dogs. You so I don't know how you want to fit it in.
2: <laughs> yeah. So you couldn't do anything at the at the evenings because you were training your own dogs. And then at the weekends yeah. you were had to off competing somewhere. And the the social pressure from the dog training community can be incredibly huge. Mm. And I think it takes a lot for us to step back and say, you know what? I don't I don't compete with my dogs. I mean, I personally have never competed with my dogs. Yeah. We like to dabble in things. Um and as far as my clients go, if they ask me things like that, I'll be like, what I can guarantee and what I specialize in is couch potatoes. <laughs> I am really good at <laughs> teaching your dogs to be wonderful companions in couch potatoes. Mm. That's my specialty. Mm-hmm.
1: Which whether they think they want it or not, i think most people do most people yeah, do yeah, yeah. you know, know. they, they yeah. want they want it they might want a blaze of glory 20 minute agility lesson but then they want to go home and sit down and have a glass of wine
2: yeah so you know, whenever know they I see don't these really posts, want an
1: agility dog or an athlete you know, <laughs> they want like, to have a bit of fun and then go you know, home and
2: you see like the shop and train hashtags all over and the put your dog where your mouth is type things like calling to you know show your skills as a trainer and it's uh well sometimes we're not physically able to do those things sometimes the dogs aren't physically able sometimes Mm -hmm. our own dogs have issues because generally as dog trainers we tend to acquire dogs that tend to have a few problems because we feel sorry for them and we go Mm -hmm. oh baby or (laughs) we get dogs wanting something else and then something happens and you're like oh and we don't push them and i don't think we should judge dog trainers because they don't compete in a sport or because they don't do something to a high level Not at so. all. Um, especially if you're starting out, like a lot of your pack crew are starting out. And at that point, you spend far more time training other people's dogs mm. than you do yourself. I think the pandemic's mm-hmm. changed that a little bit because everyone's rushing to train their own dogs to do videos so they could help support other people. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we spend far more time with other people by the time we kind of relax. We don't want to train our own dogs. We yeah. just want to switch off and relax with them. And I find most clients, they just want a companion mm. that they can relax that's, with that's safe to
1: that's take. Not, that's not neglect or negligence. That no. is just being, which is yeah. what we all want, you yeah. know. And, you know, just being is good for your well-being. And our dogs, I know that when I get back, like today was a longer day than I wanted it to be. And actually... Um, I'm not going to rush out and do loads of activities with the dogs. I'm going to sit on the sofa and let them just sniff me, lick me, cuddle me. Just, you know, really have a good rebonding session, which doesn't involve going out and doing anything remotely operant.
2: No, absolutely. Because, I mean, today I've had a very busy Zoom-based day. My dogs haven't been out on the walk today. They're probably not going to get a walk today. And they are both currently just sleeping on the bed in front of me. Mm. Just like <laughs> completely content with the company they're in. And they're so used to some days they have multiple walks, sometimes they have they have none. And I try and base my dog's life, especially the past few years, on kind of street dog type stuff.
0: I was just about to say about streeties, wasn't I? Because you you look yeah. you, you 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 want to look at a content dog, you know what I mean? <laughs> like you know, yeah, you
2: look at a streetie sunbathing yeah. on the side of the road. Yeah. You know, we don't see any streeties kind of getting up and taking themselves off on two-mile walks or... Doing time trials, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and looking at, like, a bunch of trees falling over and going, yeah, I'm going to jump all of those. Like, you see, like, bits of spontaneous bits, especially in the younger ones. But on the whole, dogs aren't, like, massive hunters. Like, they're not wolves. They're opportunistic. They're more like foxes in their Mm. natural kind of behavior. Mm -hmm. So they don't need all of that to be content and happy everything else is a bonus for me yeah it's a, i want a cuddly happy companion that's what i want and then everything else that builds up from that whether it's a sport whether it's a assistance dog stuff um is just a bonus on top of that and i i think as dog trainers we tend to feel too pressured by other dog trainers unfortunately to to kind of do all this stuff and we can sometimes ruin the relationship with our dogs by putting too much pressure on them because every time we're with them, we're training and they're like, I just want to cuddle or I just want to lie on the sofa. It's like, I don't want to have the pressure of having to do something. And I think we forget what that pressure feels like from a human perspective. Yeah. But, you know, if you go into work and you've just got this expectation on you all the time to have to perform, it's training and it can ruin the relationship. Or if you take that pressure away and go, you know, what, what do I want to do today? Do you want to sleep yeah awesome. I'll sleep with
1: you I had I had a lovely moment the other day so I'm seeing um lots of parallels in uh, the way that you know we live with our dogs and mm. uh, the way that my sister is bringing up her daughter and um so we'd gone swimming in the morning that was early so yeah. 7 30 went swimming for an hour yes. um then she went straight off to the shops uh, yeah. then they went somewhere for lunch and then they were back home and then I was um, going to pop to a shop and I wanted to know if they were, wanted to come with me. So I gave her a ring. Um, she was, oh, I don't know. We've done quite a lot this morning. We were just going to watch a film in front of the telly because it's too much. And she said, hang on, I'll just ask her. She's three. Yeah. Do you want to go to a shop with Auntie Nat? No. <laughs> 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 Moana and it's like sure. brilliant we should be asking those questions of our dogs as well um, and yeah. obviously they're not going to answer but they may want to watch Moana because it's a very good film, um, a
4: good
1: film. And, it's, it and you know I think taking stock of all the things they've had to deal with in that morning like my sister's just brilliant at going right she's had a bit sensory overload let's just have a lazy afternoon yeah and it not be about you know x amount of walks or x amount of training every day it's it's much more of a natural process as to how you gauge what's
2: going on absolutely i think the more you do kind of this is a not controversial but a different thinking is i let my dog say no to me all the time so it's a big room like i'll ask them to do something and they'll either waggle or they'll kind of stop and look at me and like turn their heads and i'm like okay and it's got to the point where if I could pick up Nuffles harness in particular, who's my my older assistant boy. if I pick up his like going out harness, I'm like, do I go out for a walk? Sometimes he's like, yeah. Other times he's like, he will kind of stand there and look at me. I'm like, all right, fine. I put the harness down. And then he wiggles and goes and jumps on the sofa. And I'm like, you know that this is your out walking harness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to go for a walk right now. That's fine. And I've had people where they've come up to him when when he's been working. And go, do I want me to take him out to the toilet? And I'm like, I don't know, ask him. And I'll look at him and go, Do you want to go out? And he'll look at me, he'll look at the person and he'll come and plank his butt like as close to me as possible, like, you <laughs> know, I don't want to go out right now. Other times you can see him going, I don't want to go with you, but I really need a wee. Yeah.
4: And yeah. then
2: he'll move, they'll get his lead, and he'll just drag them, pee, and run back. <laughs> and it's just, I just find having that. He's the first dog I've had that relationship properly with, that I'd be able to develop it properly with the knowledge I've had. And it's just wonderful because I can now ask him different things and he's got such a really clear no that's just non-computational. He just kind of just sits his butt down and just looks it away from you. He's like, no, don't want to do that. And I'm like, okay, what do you want to do? And he's like, I'll go get my toy or I'll go and jump on the sofa, which is usually all he wants to do. Usually the option now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what he's doing now. Whereas other times he'll kind of paw at something or like, the, like his harness or the door. And he's like, actually, I do want to, Can we go out for a walk? I'm like, yeah, sure. And it's just, it's nice to to have that. And I think there's a big thing where people are too scared to say no to their dogs or to accept the dog saying no, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Um, And it's just learning to read them. And I think if more trainers and behaviorists did that, it would take a lot more of the pressure off because you can let them have that, that life. And that's where the understanding behavior is really important for trainers. But it doesn't mean that you have the knowledge to be a behavior consultant. because that's a different thing (laughs) sure and that's where i feel a lot of the trainers in particular that argue about the behaviors and trainer thing is that well you need to have a knowledge of behavior to be able to train dogs i'm like yeah absolutely you do but understanding how to do a differential diagnosis of a behavior problem that's a skill that needs to be trained (laughs) Mm -hmm. but yeah that is the difference that i tend to find between the two mainly is we have that knowledge base of how to do this consultation and tick off all these different scenarios Whereas dog trainers tend to look at the situations and want to get their hands grubby straight away because that's what they're there for. They're there to train the dog in the situations to do something. We tend to take a step back and they're very, very different job roles as Nat said earlier. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. cool that was a bit of a tangent. <laughs>
1: no, it's, it's great because it kind of brings us around to again, how we link these things up. So rather than it being um, a pyramid, it is linear. Yeah. And we have this wonderful role. Uh so um the ABTC, the Animal Behaviour and Training Council Mm -hmm. are our kind of um accreditation body. Mm -hmm. And um uh, some of the PACT members um are ATI, so animal training instructor. That's Mm -hmm. who we um currently assess and accredit and teach for that standard. Then we've got loads of members like myself. Um, who are also a clinical animal behaviorist and we've mm-hmm. got this wonderful middle ground role which is animal behavior technician which is something role. that we are we are all massively excited about yeah. um, and I think is is only going to bolster the connection of those communities because yeah. um, I feel that at PACT we do we are training ATIs with a huge amount of behavioral knowledge mm-hmm. um and we like we would like to be that stepping stone to ABT. And if people yeah. then want to see A B. It's yeah. up to them. It's their career. You know, they don't I don't want anyone to ever feel like they have to do this progression. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I know, Danny, that you feel really strongly about that. And oh, Steve, yeah. you know, you guys are working at, at an ABT level already. So I know that you're really keen to just um kind of advertise or you know get the message out there for the importance of that um not training for training's sake does that make sense yeah absolutely
2: I've I'm so passionate about this new role um and I want to shout it out from from the rooftops um (laughs) once it kind of really gets going and the courses and things that are providing for really get going because for me that's going to be the glue that kind of cements everything together or even like if you think about from but like it's like the connecting tissue almost it's like they're the ones that are going to bridge the gap because they're going to have all the first aid knowledge they're going to have all the behavioral knowledge they'll be able to put behavior training things into place they can do the rehab work they just they either don't have the diagnosing things or have chosen to not have that um i've i've got some trainers on my team where they have they very much fulfill that abt role and it's wonderful and some are like you know what even if i was a cab it's like, I still wouldn't want to work as a CAB, I'd want to work as an ABT, because it's just, that's the rehab trainer, essentially, that's, that's what, so many people that get into dog training, that's the thing that they want, is they want to be the ones that are actually helping the dogs. that are out there in the field, that are going and walks with the clients, helping support them, and hand-holding them, and going, oh, he's doing this, quick, reward him, or yeah, that's fantastic, he didn't bark at that dog, or he didn't bark, he gave a little booth, but that's progress, and to do all that sort of Coaching and handholding stuff that that I wish I was able to do, because um, physically I just can't do it as much anymore. It's not as easy in a wheelchair, um, and it's just such a wonderful role. And it's that nice extension. So people that are ATIs can go, I want to learn a bit more about it and see if I want to dabble in this behaviour stuff. And those that are doing behaviour can then go, fantastic, something I can be assessed on. They go, look, I do know what I'm talking about, and it's just I'm so excited about it because it's just going to be. So wonderful to have a list of of people that we can then go. I've got a client in this place. Where's the nearest ABT? Because then you know that that person has got specific knowledge and skills. Because with ATIs, it's difficult because you, you vary so much from someone that has just qualified as like puppy school and puppy training mm-hmm. to one of your own instructors to then someone that is doing like a level five six course in behaviour, but they haven't qualified that yet, so they're still listed as an ATI. When in theory, they, they could be an ABT and they should be an ABT. And there's a big difference in the skill sets there. And it's not that one's better than the other. It's just there are different skill sets and you apply them in different ways. And the knowledge level varies. But that doesn't mean that one is more dismissive than the other. It's, it's just a wonderful kind of web it's with a, nothing kind of at the center or top.
0: It's a huge range in that ABT sort of category from, you know, from, from what someone's going to have to know. I mean, I, I kind of feel like that's where I am. Like, what that said, yeah. I kind of feel that that's yeah, you are. You that's are. where I you sort are. of inhabit. But I am actually really happy being a dog trainer as well. You know, like I'm not, yeah. I'm not like constantly like trying to like pull myself out of that role. I, I recently I've been trying a few things out with Peach because we've been having to go out really early in the morning, so I've been going up in my field and we've been doing these little like ten minute like bits of training. And I've yeah. gone like right stripped right back to basics with some skills. And I've just been yeah. working on luring, like like low arousal luring, high arousal luring, and it's yeah. been one that it's been really really cool. And I've been videoing everything, and then watching things back in slow motion, and watching the way that her body moves and the way that my body's moving. I, I'm like I'm yeah. super geeky about that. Like I would I want to yeah. like pull <laughs> pull apart those little bits. I do I do think like you know I I know it's I don't. It, I kind of feel like sometimes you get a bit of a bad rep as a trainer. I don't think things like these silly motifs, like shut up and train and all this do not serve us well, because you can't, you know, you can't just package something up in a little, in a little sound bite. No. But I, you know, I, um, I also think, you know, you don't throw the baby out with a bathwater either, you know, like kind of yeah, thing. And, absolutely. And trends, they swing and they swing and they, our first ever podcast we did was with, um, Turid Rugas. And she said, you know, at that point, like that, you know, across her whole career, she just sees it swing this way, swing that way and come back and go too far over that way. And then too far yeah. that way. <laughs> and then, you know, um, yeah. And I think, you know, there's, you have to bear that in mind. I think that's why I kind of like this this idea of pulling everyone together, but enough about me because I want to ask you. So, as your is that system that you've got there? Is that kind of un- is unique to you? Because in PACT, we what we are. I mean, obviously, if 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 the ABTs come come in as well, this is going to be great. But in PACT, yeah. we want to provide these kind of we call them hubs, like areas yeah. where yeah, there might be a behaviorist and a couple of ABTs yeah. and some ATIs and vets, and eventually, yeah. like it would be wonderful. So is that unique to you? Do you see a lot of that going on around the country and how? And there's a lot it, of questions.
2: <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it, it's fine. Um, like, I'm not the only one doing it. Yeah. There are others around. I think it's really difficult when you, especially for the clinicals, because we've you've worked a lot and you've got a lot of knowledge and you've seen how wrong it can go mm. when the dogs have been in the hands of the wrong trainers mm. or the trainers that were well-meaning but ill-advised. So I think sometimes and because you're on business, you get a little bit like, oh, do I do I do yeah. I join up with someone else? You know, are they are they going to do something to my business? What about like the legal aspects mm. of that? And I think that sometimes puts people off and it's always a really difficult thing to start off with. And I'm really fortunate because like, like throughout my entire career, I've not really had much of the the territorial trainers in the area hmm. um because I've always when I first started up, I was like six miles down the road from Jane Arden who's quite a well-known trainer yeah she's you fantastic may have, you may have heard of her <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> luckily she's lovely yeah, <laughs> yeah she is and yeah. we were never sure if it was just a northern thing because we're both based in Manchester whether we're just friendly or up north and don't <laughs> care as much as as some people further south no <laughs> offense um and we've always had because there's always been like not so good not so good trainers but more aversive trainers around us and we've always had like an us versus them mm. attitude where we'd rather kind of big each other up and we used to have clients that would come to my classes and then they go to her classes and then they come back to me and bitch about her classes and they go to her and bitch about my classes <laughs> and <laughs> and it was just always super cool. and we'd go out for lunch and then um joe pay was like 10 miles in the other direction and oh yes
0: yeah, she works for victoria stillwell does she yeah, victoria, yeah the yeah, victoria yeah. stillwell um.
2: yep. Um and then and then we started to have like a little bit of like a northwest sort of a little hub, and we'd meet up every so often with like other traders and just to vent mostly because it's such an isolating yeah. job. And I think from doing that and seeing that you know what, yeah, there's some bad apples out there that that do kind of not so good stuff within your business, you can't kind of not do stuff just because of them. Mm. And so just be aware of it, make sure that time you collaborate with someone. You you do contracts and you have things in place and you try and do that as boring and annoying as it is, it protects you and them. So it protects you from them, it protects them from you. So you've you all you both know where you stand and whose responsibility mm-hmm. ends where and when the next person's responsibility starts. And then you can build up and have like a really nice relationship where everything's built up. And in our team now at Control the Maker, there's there's myself, there's Gemma Steven, who's another packed member. Yay! We love um, them. We have Emma Phillips. I'm not sure if she's packed yet, but I know she's thinking about it. Yeah. Um, Come on, so Emma. We're...
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, may, it may be in the post. You know, she's currently doing
2: a masters and has a working cocker spaniel puppy. Oh, okay. So her... she's, busy. <laughs> well, she's highly qualified. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a there's a lot going on. Yes, um, <laughs> and it's really nice to have the the three clinical behaviourists. We then have two provisional behaviourists who are also packed members. Um, so there's Heather Taylor who's been on one of oh, your seminars. Heather. Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure if she's replied yet or not, but Lucy Daniels is also going to become Pact if she's not already ah. done.
0: Are you on uh, commission? Something. Just out of interest. No.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no. I just really love the ethos of Pact.
0: <laughs> oh, thank you. That's really <laughs> Because nice you
2: one of that. the, you're one of the ABTC ones that your ethos is so nice and your ethics. And it's not just the ethics of dog training. It's your ethics for everything. It's who you are as individuals. It's the environmental stuff. It's connecting the communities and doing all of that stuff that you are doing that I'm like, I, I want to plug everyone. And it's nice within our team because we then have four rehab trainers. Some are packs, others aren't. Um, and we all kind of connect and talk to each other, which has made it really, really nice for the clients. Because at first we're like, are the clients going to get confused? Are they going to worry that information isn't going to get passed down? Mm. Yeah, and this, yeah. And they found it more beneficial, because if they have had a trainer swap, the trainers picked up different things, because they'll see different things because of their but own. The un-
1: but then the underlying ethos is exactly is the, same. the same. Yeah, because we, and that that's what we want to kind of foster. We don't want cookie cutter trainers that no. apply certain training. We want people to be able to have their own style and all yeah. sorts. And I I just love the. The kind of open mentality of, of the more the merrier. Uh, you know, yeah. I've got a consultation next week, it's the remote, and the client's trainer wants to sit in on it. And I'm like, yeah, that's brilliant. Nice. Invite yeah. everyone, invite yeah. your postman, invite yeah. your neighbors. <laughs> I, d- I don't care. The more people on board and the more people that I have uh, there to explain what might be going on or to ask questions that otherwise they'll Google and get some kind of wonderful yeah. answer. That's, yeah that's great so I yeah yeah we're all for inclusivity
2: absolutely it's just it's also really nerve-wracking when you first do that and their mm. their dog walker or their trainer wants to sit in and you're like ah oh. because you know there's going to be an element of judgment there mm. because they're going to be watching everything they're going to listen to what you say and I think you just kind of have to step away from that and just be you mm. and show them and explain to everything and I think as long as you explain everything the why you're doing things and you can justify stuff then you're fine. And most people want to learn. And it's just it's wonderful when you do start teaming up with people because then you can share ideas and you can share questions and you can share the hard days, which I found working in a team is the best. So if you've had like a really difficult case or a PTS case, or you've got a client that's struggling and is just constantly reaching out and moaning about things. And we all have those clients Mm. to be able to talk to a team and go, have I missed something? Yeah. Like, did did this not read right? Did I not explain myself very well? And then be able to go, no, that reads okay. Or actually, yeah, you could have done this. Maybe I'll write up this for you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we'll even go, if they're really not getting it, go, okay, would you like a second opinion? We can go and chat to one of the other members of the team. Mm. And because we know that everyone's going to essentially say the same thing, but in a very different way, Yeah. sometimes they might be able to get it away across in a way that I can't, and vice versa. And I think just more people need to be aware of the differences in skill sets of different people, because sometimes we just don't know what the other person's background is or if they're living with a disability or a neurodivergency. That means there's just some kind of barrier in our communication. It's got nothing to do with our skill set and everything to do with probably what Susan, Suzanne's already been talking about is how you communicate with these people. Yeah. And sometimes it's just you need someone else to do it or they need to hear it three or four different times. From different people for it to actually sink in, and then go, okay, yeah, you're definitely right. I I shouldn't have to <laughs> have to do this and find that. And I I like that community spirit because I hate I'm a very I'm quite a social person, and I like having people around me that I can bounce ideas off and go, am I being an idiot with this one? Like is this <laughs> one too far fetched? And then I go, yeah, rein it in, Danny. That's not too, that's not good enough. Like, oh, actually, that's a really good one. Let's run with that. Um, and I, I would love to see more trainers and behaviorists collaborate and have a network. And that then includes like vets and vet behaviorists as well. So everyone can kind of team up and go, oh, this one's a little bit out of my range. Or you kind of reach the limits of your behavioral knowledge. And you're know, like, there's far too so many red flags for medical here. And it's say, do we go back to their referring vet or do we say, actually, let's refer on to a behavior vet?
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And often, those situations, it's up to the referring vet because they either have the links of the behavioral knowledge or they don't. And sometimes the clients at that point are like, I don't want to have to refer on to someone else again. Um, And it's like, well, sometimes you have to, and it's difficult to do that. And hopefully the more we can get the vet behaviorist involved as well, we can hopefully make it easier for the client and everything can kind of shift and we can transfer our notes, which hopefully might then reduce the fee of things because they're like, here's the video of our consultation. Mm. Here's the notes. Here's all the work that we've been doing. This is where we're at. So they can just jump in and go, I don't need to worry about all of that. That's been rolled out. Let's dive straight into this rather than having to do the full consultation again. So that's my goal for the next 10 years is to get the vet behaviorists a bit more in mind with, with this because they're just run off their feet. Because mm. everyone wants to see the vet behaviorists. And sometimes there's some things that the clinicals can handle, some things the vets need. And I think we need like better triage skills, which is where the ABTs come in Mm, because they'll be able to get really good triaging skills of kind of going okay this is something that I can do here's the first aid once they do the first aid advice when they come to us we can go okay what's happened to the first aid stuff what are we left with and then we can look and go oh actually there's a couple of red flags for medical here I'll speak to the vet is the vet happier for us to collaborate on this together or should we step it up and refer to a vet behaviorist and skip this time And I think it's just so important that everyone starts to view things as just this nice web because dogs are complicated. They're incredibly complex beings. And it's not always a case of they're doing this. Well, we'll just teach them to do this. So actually there's so much more going on. Like they've got all their emotions. They've got all the development. They've got their hormones. And then you've got the medical conditions on top of that as well, the genetics. that it's just, you can't just take one approach. As much as I love the emotional side of things and regulating their emotions, that's not always enough because sometimes oh, you yeah, need I'm to battling. learn
1: some new skills as well. Okay, yeah. so so taking that whole complex world of whatever's going on with that particular dog, let's mm-hmm. bring it back to so one reason why someone that owns a dog and wants to find out more about dogs. Mm -hmm. And someone that works with dogs and wants to find out more about connected communities should come and listen to you at our conference.
2: (laughs) Because I'm going to explain all about the reasons why you need to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. It's it's something that we need to, I think too many of us have worked alone for too long. And you can see that more and more on Facebook because people are being shorter with each other. They're being a bit Mm -hmm. more sniper with each other. And whereas on a one-to-one basis, people are lovely. You put them in a group, it tends to not be as nice. And I think we need to connect more and come along to this conference, find out and meet us. I think that's the big thing. A lot of us, when you Google us or you see the names, you get a bit intimidated. And it's not until you actually meet that person that you're like, oh, actually, they are lovely. This isn't like a a falsehood or a fallacy Mm -hmm. or something. And I think unless you've met us and had a talk to us, you don't always know. And So just meet us. So come down to the conference. Come and actually meet us. You know, test our knowledge if you want to. If you're that way inclined, um, <laughs> you know, we can have a drink over it. We can have some cookies. I'm hoping there's cookies there, like vegan. Oh ones. yeah, there'll be yeah, there be all sorts. Of, yeah,
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> we're all about the
2: food. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, come and, come and have some food with us. I think food's just a great way of connecting people in general.
4: It really is because you yeah.
2: you yeah. talk more over food. It's a more relaxed thing come and meet us, come and talk to us, come and find out how you can connect with us and how you can find ways to connect with other trainers and other behaviors in your communities. Find ways that you can that you can talk to get in there. What's good phrases to use? What are words that are, because everyone has like trigger words <laughs> that will come like, you know, if someone approaches me on an email and they say particular things, you'll be like, Ooh. so it's a, how do you do this? How do you have those conversations? What organizations can you look to? And we're going to dive really into all of that stuff. So you'd know and have more confidence to go, you know what? I would really like to work with people. Let's get some, let's get some hubs together. And if there isn't one locally, mm-hmm. make one. Yeah. And if you don't have a lot of people locally, zoom is wonderful. Mm-hmm. You know, come and find people that you connect with and they will help you connect with other people, especially people like myself and Nat. you know, if we, if we know you and we know, Oh, but this person lives over there, go and speak to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so come along and, and just meet us and that'll help you learn how to connect with other people. So we can benefit everyone.
0: It's almost like sort of like devolution. Like it's, it's not, isn't it? Because it's kind of like evolution, but it's almost like devolution yeah. into those sort of like community, like a
2: village. We're a village. Yeah, yeah. Just, just kind of a little commune. Like we'll all have our yeah, own yeah. little behavior communes and our little communities dotted everywhere and we'll kind of share information and and stuff. So and that's how it should be. You know, it it like everyone says like it takes a village to raise a child. And I think we've missed that a lot as mm. As society's grown, everyone gets more and more isolated. And I think with COVID in particular, everyone's got even more isolated, and we just need to get that community again. You know, we are social species as long as well as our dogs, mm. and it's we need that connection. And it's such an isolating job, and it can be so emotionally draining that if you don't have the right people to vent to and have that peer support from people that are in the community that actually understand and empathise, it can take you to some bad places. And I've noticed a lot of trainers tend to be about ten years. And then they they burn out. They're like, I can't do it anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah. That and I think that is hugely important. I think because it shouldn't be. It's a dream job. The amount of people yeah. you work with, and so I, I've got a school friend um, who uh, I haven't seen for years, and just started at one of my puppy classes. And mm-hmm. at the end of the class, she was like, Oh my god, what a what a job! You know? What a job to have. And sometimes you got like you need someone to sort of say that and go. I'm not saying that I don't enjoy my job, I do, but sometimes yeah. someone saying it to you makes you think you take a step back and you go, Oh god, yeah, it is. You know what I mean? I'm not yeah. sat in an office, you know, trying to sell air conditioning units or something like that. You know, I'm uh you know, I'm although that would be handy, I'm sure you're making a lot of money now. Oh,
1: uh, yeah. it good. You
0: would good. I mean last week yeah, you would have made I'd a killing. I'd have been raking it
2: in. I th- I think You'd be sold out. I think
0: like th- you know, we all need to be team dog, don't we? That's the thing, yeah. and that's that, that's the you know, it's in, and that doesn't involve isolating yourself, it can't, no. it can't involve no. isolating yourself. I wrote down here actually, um, I've kind of forgotten what the fort trail was, but NHS for dogs. I was like, yeah, yeah, when you're sort of that idea of this huge organization that is, you know, with your GPs and your specialists and your. You Know, yeah, um, maybe we can get some government funding for that. I'll just write this down,
1: yeah, remember. absolutely. I'll speak <laughs> to Jay. I mean, Jay works for the NHS, <laughs> yeah, like, to Jay and see. He's going to love listening to this,
0: but that would be a great, you know, as a, as a you know, maybe that's something we can build towards in the next 50 years. Or, Jack, and you could be yeah, the... it'd be
2: great to to have that where like your, your clients have a problem, they get put onto like a, a system or like a big database, and then it's a here are the people in your area that can help you. And then everyone kind of can speak and talk to each other. And then you you join up with a team and they're like, oh, I'm not sure if this is doing something. I'm going to join this person because they have knowledge in this area. Or I think we're going to bring, have to bring in like a physio because like the x-rays came back from the vets and they said they're all clear. So possibly there might be a muscle thing going mm-hmm. on and let's bring in this physio. And we know that this physio is, is really good at non-contact handling and can do like support and just be able to have that way of, of connecting that's just so normalized that people aren't scared of it they're like okay we're going to find out and help our dog and support this mm-hmm. dog and know that there is a team of people that are going to offer all this support and advice and that would be the dream for like the next 10 years for the community to kind of really grow in that supportive way so when someone comes to you with a dog that that they can't cope with anymore that they have an issue and they're like i need help you're like no problem we have a whole team of people here to help you we'll start here here's how we can do it and then we can go that's working fantastic this bit isn't okay why isn't this working let's look at this let's bring this person in to have their view just like all the other kind of medical fields do and it'd be wonderful if we can really connect people Mm -hmm. in that way to just have this wonderful network of everyone that is just team dog as you said um and everyone can kind of check in you can just go send like a like a dog video and like could you just do a quick gate analysis on this Do you think this is a thing Mm -hmm. Or this bark doesn't sound quite right or this movement doesn't sound right like oh can you just watch this video and make sure I'm on the right tracks without having anyone come back with the, well, if you don't know the answer to that, then you shouldn't be a dog trainer. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or to kind of judge you when you're kind of going, am I missing something? And someone's like, yeah, you forgot to add in this bit. And you're like, ah, oh, that's true. <laughs> without them actually thinking that you wouldn't have thought of that at some point, because sometimes we miss things and we're human. Yeah. And, you know, we'll, we tend to have our set way of doing things. And there might be something that is in our toolbox but we haven't used it for that long, but we forgot it there. And then someone else comes on and goes, how come you choose to do that rather than this with that dog? And you'll be like, for no other reason other than I forgot that one existed. <laughs> it's like, I used to use it and then I stopped for some reason and then it, it went into the bottom of the bag and I've never seen it again. And sometimes you just need someone else to remind you of what's, what's there. And I think we need more of that team collaboration approach or when you ask a question in a group that you're going to get that more supportive comments and then people aren't going to be as scared of posting when they're having a bad day without having that criticism and that fallback it's going to be nice and supportive stuff and a, have you checked on this and have you checked on that rather than a why haven't you done this and i'd do this and it's a we don't need those types of comments we want the normal supportive collaborative
0: i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna snip all of that out and put some like rousing music under the, the bottom of it and like, <laughs> have some sort of like you know try and like a campaign speech You could be the the the, uh, the anurin bevan of dogs, you know, like start your own sort of like NHS for them. This is
2: my campaign for team dogs. Vote (laughs) Danny, vote Meerkat. There we go. There you go. It'd be great to to have that where like your your clients have a problem, they get put onto like a, a system or like a big database and then it's a here are the people in your area that can help you and then everyone kind of can speak and talk to each other and then you, you join up with the team and they're like oh, I'm not sure if this is doing something I'm going to join in this person because they have knowledge in this area or I think we're going to bring, have to bring in like a physio because like the x-rays came back from the vets and they said they're all players so possibly there might be a muscle thing going on and let's bring in this physio and we know that this physio is, is really good at non-contact handling and can do like support and just be able to have that way of of connecting that's just so normalized that people aren't scared of it they're like okay we're going to find out and help our dog and support this dog and know that there is a team of people that are going to offer all this support and advice and that would be the dream for like the next 10 years because community to kind of really grow in that supportive way so when someone comes to you with a dog that that they can't cope with anymore that they have an issue and they're like i need help you're like no problem We have a whole team of people here to help you we'll start here here's how we can do it and then we can go that's working fantastic this bit isn't okay why isn't this working let's look at this let's bring this person in to have their view just like all the other kind of medical fields do and it'd be wonderful if we can really connect people Mm -hmm. in that way to just have this wonderful network of everyone that is just team dog as you said
0: We should probably (laughs) start wrapping things up Um, as as always. Yeah. I could, um, I could definitely just listen and talk with you guys forever. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, it's wonderful. It's, it's infused me that as, and that's the whole point, isn't it? You know? Yeah. Another thing you get together, you talk with people, it's in you, you, you leave infused. You want to do stuff. You want to make things happen and connect with people and, and it really is a beautiful thing to do it really really is and yeah. and we're on the right sort of path then with our little hubs and things and danny you think it's a kind Absolutely. of a, a good yeah. idea and
2: i i'm hoping that everyone that kind of comes to the conference have, have heard things like this and gone that's a really nice way And i think the more like-minded people get together the more our brains will do that weird brain sinky stuff that brains do yeah and then we'll all kind of be like this power unit that will just grow and expand and we'll be like not necessarily a force to be reckoned with, but just a powerful presence for good within the dog industry.
0: Like the power rings. Kind of,
2: yeah. Mm. Or oh, about Captain Planet, maybe. Yeah, Captain Planet's yes. better.
0: Captain Planet's much <laughs> <Yeah>. more <laughs> so better. Much more then my... we've all
2: got like, our little, yeah. we've all got our individual rings that all do really good things, but together. like. Oh my can... God, the analogy
1: is perfect. <laughs> okay we need to do some more work on this I've
0: just got the Captain Planet theme tune going around in my head now it's a pretty good
2: song <laughs> yeah because we've we got need... like the vets we've got the behaviourists yeah. we've got the trainers we got... like yeah, we've got...
0: yeah. <laughs> boom there's, there's a meme there somewhere aren't there <laughs> yeah
2: there's
1: definitely some audio tricks that you can do for those that may not know the Captain Planet theme tune so we right? right? yeah. are our, our outro yeah yeah. I, and...
0: to... I might have to slide it in somewhere might not
1: I yeah, yeah. <laughs>
4: Hut! Go! Planet! By your powers combined,
3: I am Captain Planet! Captain Planet! Because saving our planet
1: is the
3: thing to do Looting and polluting is not the way
1: Here, what Captain Planet has to say The power is yours Speaking of theme tunes, Danny, then let's end on what we What I sort of threw at Sue's with no <sighs> Um So it's two minutes till you're due on stage at the conference i'm stood there introducing you you're ready what music <sighs> do you want
0: crowd <laughs> in the background
1: Just <laughs> uh, step onto the stage but with or wheel onto the stage with depending yeah, it
2: depends where my health is on the day i'll either be wheeling yeah. on or walking chariots of fire <laughs> if I'm if I'm walking, it's like see me rolling or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe like Eye of the Tiger or oh, something. Nice. That, oh, yeah, it's probably. a classic. It, it is, is a
0: classic.
1: <laughs> but you can't help yourself but doing the yeah. You're gonna be wearing a cape.
2: I could do. <laughs> yeah, I could I buy a cape should... specifically for this. I think you should.
0: Um, I think you should have kind of like a like a tri- what are they called when they're the big fork things. it like trident. Yeah, a trident. Yeah, that's it. Like, she's
1: yeah. probably um, got one in her in her wardrobe. You to know, be fair, she's I probably <laughs> have if cosplay a lot. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh my god! Please cosplay! Please cosplay! And please do that. I'd be so as
2: Captain so- Planet.
0: <laughs> oh, I'd be so happy.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'd be so happy. We do I'll need to put
4: a post-
1: Yeah, we need to put a post out about um uh, the dress code because yeah. uh, Seuss was like, "Oh well." Suppose be, I better get, you know, trousers out my wardrobe. Can't wear pajamas. We're like, hey, no, there's no dress code at a pack conference. You wear whatever you feel yeah. comfortable in. Maybe frankly. I'll cosplay as
2: Captain Planet, and yeah, that could be like should. the theme of my talk. I can like,
0: damn yeah. right, <laughs> I'm all in. I'm gonna buy a ticket. And I've got, I've got a free one, so you know, I'm gonna. <laughs> uh, right, so we have to do our fake goodbye, and then just hang around after fake goodbye, and we'll do real goodbye, Danny. Yeah.
2: Yep, never. All Thank right.
0: you so so much. Um, Thanks we'll, so much. We'll speak soon for your fourth appearance on Bark from the Bookshelf. Um, yeah. Take care. <laughs> bye <Bye-bye>. bye. Okay.
4: Bye.
5: Hat sounds collide. Our cells divide Just like they've always done A spark, alive, life We mourn This stretches back through all time, time guided by a primal desire to simply survive, survive. You can't keep it down. this one. It's our duty to persevere. Okay.